Good day to you and your beautiful families. We have a returning guest, special guest, front of the pod, JJ from Bet Crushers. What's going Welcome on? Back. Thanks for joining Wagerager. Ready to roll. Talking, talking, talking some racing. NASCAR. Talking some NASCAR. I loved it. I loved the last podcast that we had. We previewed Miami. We didn't have any uh, lines out, so it was probably my my fucking wrongdoing of, of recording a podcast without lines out. But we had Martinsville that night. It was raining. And, you know, sports books don't want to put out lines ahead of time. But we have right. lines this time. We'll get to it. And we'll talk about Pocono back to back. Pocono in our backyards, fellas. All three yeah, of us from sure. Pennsylvania. Yeah. I actually sure. went to school in northeastern Pennsylvania. So right outside of the Poconos up in beautiful Scranton, Pennsylvania. Oh, there, there you go. Fantastic place up there. You know all the yeah, locals yeah. then, all the local watering holes, all the uh, the pizza clubs. joints, all that's well, the, the, yeah, mostly Irish pubs, but yeah, Scranton Irish club pubs. scene. <laughs> oh, that's all right. <laughs> there's some Italian clubs and there's a bunch of pizza. It's awesome. Love it. We unfortunately will not be heading up to Pocono. I thought about trying to uh, finagle my way in, but I don't think that they're going to really allow that. Yeah. No, <laughs> don't think no. that they're really going to allow that. But maybe next year. Maybe next year, guys. Yeah. Maybe. I think that sounds great. Yeah. Even Dover, something like Dover. That's just down the road too, really. Even we closer. Go. Play yeah. some bets, head down to Dover. We'll do that. Let's take a look back for the past couple of weeks though. JJ, Talladega was insane. We'll talk about Talladega. I want to get your thoughts on that. Uh, Miami maybe a little bit too, but Talladega was really the one that people were watching and that finish was crazy. I don't know if you saw the video. I was going nuts. My dog was going nuts. That <laughs> a little racing and rubbing. Awesome. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, that's super speedway racing, right? And, you know, you saw it come down to that. We didn't get the big one, no huge pileups, no Ryan Newman vaulting through the air, which is good. You know, I mean, I think there was enough intrigue. There was a lot of drama, a lot of great strategy towards the end. You saw guys bow out because they were starting to run out of gas. They had to take a late pit stop and that really shuffled everything up. So you saw you know, kind of all the good dynamics of racing, you know, super fast, full throttle, not a lot of, you know, kind of weird cautions that slow things down, but you had enough with the, the stages and then a few accidents to really get those restarts that we all like. And when it came down to it, everybody was scrambling for that, that checkered finish. And that was beautiful. I mean, when you've got nuts. Eric Jones skidding along the, uh, the outside <laughs> wall, Almarola coming in backwards mm-hmm. and then to finish in uh, third and to win our bet finish. to win your yes. bet. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. What a way it to win. <laughs> oh yeah. He was what in 20th place, 18th place. And they even zoned in on him and they zoomed in on him. I think it was, I was texting you JJ about, I think it was like 18 left, 15 left. They said that he was only going like half throttle, conserving that gas, saving that gas because yes. all the front runners were burning through that gas. And then a lot of those guys were about to run out. So they had to pit. But then Amirola, I think on the last lap, I think he might have started about 10th, and he was just bumping, grinding, yeah. making his way through. It was awesome. Yep. Awesome television for a Monday night. I'll take that. We don't have Monday night football right now, so I'll certainly no, take that. Be honest right. with you, I might take it over some of those shitty ESPN Monday night football games. They were think, terrible uh, last year. <laughs> yeah. You mean the Talladega. Monday night publicity games? Yeah. <laughs> those are just for yeah. money, the Monday night games. Sunday night football is where it's at now, baby. Yeah, yeah. I agree. Yep. For sure. I love it. Yeah, so, so 
Talladega was great. Miami also just high level. Some of your thoughts overall in terms of your handicapping, you were red hot for a while, still making profit. Any lessons learned? Any takeaways you're taking into Pocono this weekend? High level handicapping. How you doing? Uh, how are you doing overall? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'd say overall, since the return, the break, I think things have been going really fantastic, exceeding, you know, any expectations that I've had. This past week weekend at Talladega was a very, you know, I laid low. I think it was just one of those situations. It's always a, in a super speedway situation where I want to try to find a couple really good spots and hit them and just enjoy the race because you saw it. Things get really wacky. Arguably, there was less volatility in this Talladega race than most, but you still had a lot of things play out to where, you know, a lot of the top guys, you know, weren't there at the end. You had this hand, these handful of racers that we even identified three of them in our handicap last week um, with Ricky Stenhouse Jr. And he's kind of gotten this label as being a super speedway kind of guy. And that probably plays to his recklessness and his willingness to really take a lot of chances. And he's been fortunate to kind of find his way out the other side a lot of times at these places, but he's not going to settle for the middle of the pack. He's either going to bust out or he's going to be right up there. So we identified him. We identified Eric Almarola, you know, just what we talked about. You know, he was conserving gas. He knows how to race there. And it's, it's no, you know, it's no surprise how well he's finished because you look back all the way back into 2016 and he's a top 10 guy. It's because he knows how to race there. He knows how to play the strategy. And just like that, he wasn't going to get stuck at the end, having to make a pit stop or get uh, left behind without the gas. Our third guy was Ryan Newman, more as just kind of a durability guy. He didn't win his matchup. I actually had him going against Eric Jones. So that was a big miss there. He was one that went in with Clint Boyer to grab gas right as that restart was about to go. They were they were on fumes and they weren't going to make it. So that was a little bit of good news, bad news, a little bit of sigh of relief when I saw Boyer going in. Uh, unfortunately, Newman went in, but that basically all but ensured a 1-1 split, which, uh, you know, like we were we were texting D-Nice that I'll take that any day coming out of T- Talladega. 1-1, Especially no with problem. that type of super speedway, you've got people wrecking all over the place in the last yes. lap, running out of gas. Like you said, good point. We did evade the big one until that last lap, I guess, but that was interesting. Yeah. Talladega, man, I know why people love it. I'll take Talladega Monday nights anytime. <laughs> I know they don't usually go on Monday nights, but the rain pushed it to Monday. We were lucky yep. that we even got that race in because I was looking I at agree. the radar on Monday. I was like, that doesn't look too good, but they got it in, thank God. Yeah, no you, doubt. you know what we didn't talk go. about enough is the legend of Ricky Bobby at Talladega. Um, <laughs> Ricky Bobby, I know it's a, a joke to NASCAR, <laughs> but goddamn, that's a funny movie. Yeah, it is. <laughs> well, th- they should be back later this year. I'm pretty sure. I mean, they haven't scheduled it, but it's it's one of the playoff races. So uh, you know that that's just going to even add to the intensity, add to the kind of the desperation towards the end of the race. So we'll be back. Talladega playoff race sounds like amazing time an yeah, amazing yeah. time overall Big all right time. good stuff should we move on to pocono pocono back to back in our backyard here dutch yeah, do you want to take us through a little bit of a course preview and if jj disagrees with your course preview he can call you on your <laughs> shit yeah then we can uh, <laughs> we can just cancel it <laughs> hey after the after the poana breakdown the other day for the golf preview I, i'm not i'm not stepping in front of that well hey i'm still I fascinated any... by that like, <laughs> i was blown away I don't have any uh, Poana for you guys here, but I do have, you know, a couple interesting facts to hopefully uh, stimulate the conversation. 
So like you guys said, another super speedway, Pocono Raceway, formerly known as Pocono International Raceway. Oh, okay. Sounds a little bit cooler, but it's more lovingly known <laughs> as the Tricky Triangle, which is quite a name. I've had a couple of Tricky Triangles in my day as well. Um, <laughs> Scranton days. <laughs> exactly. Up there past the Pocono Mountains. It's a 2.5-mile asphalt track uh, that broke ground in 1969 and was officially open for racing in 1971. Cool little fact. First sponsor, Schaefer Beer. We love beer here at Wager Rager. Um, Schaefer. Yeah, we do love beer. Yeah. So the Tricky Triangle is named for its trioval design. Uh, it's not a true trioval because all the turns are different uh, and they're a lot sharper. The banking is also super low. Uh, but an interesting, about those, interesting thing about those turns is that each one was modeled after a favorite turn at a different course uh, by the designer. So... Turn number one, which is a 14-degree bank, it was modeled after the Trenton Speedway. Uh, number two was a nine-degree bank. That's for the tunnel turn, uh, the Indianapolis Motor Speedway. Okay. And uh, the third turn, which is a six-degree bank, very shallow bank, is uh, modeled after the Milwaukee Mile. So basically, these turns, these banks, they're lower banked, meaning that you have to go into them with less speed. Uh, it also introduced an interesting part of racing at Pocono, which is shifting, which wasn't really done much prior to this type of race course. So there's, you know, it, it's a less less speed kind of course, but there is a super, super electric, you know, slow banked turn into the longest, fastest uh, straightaway on the course there. So I'm that really is looking very forward cool. to seeing it all. Oh, yeah, absolutely. That is very cool. Question for JJ. Do you think or do you know that racers like – racing here and how slow do you actually have to go around that turn well you still get some speed but the banking really brings that down so you're not going to see what we saw last last week where it's just full full throttle around full all throttle, the turns yeah. you know dutch is right the lower banking you know requires you know the, the shifting in and out and i think there was a period of time there in recent past where they really tried to do away way with that and now it's back mm -hmm. so it is part of the whole mm. thing so this really plays into the whole idea of you want to find guys that do well here. It's not by coincidence, not by accident. So, you know, drivers that have figured out how to race at Pocono, how to race the, the, the triangle, get in and out of those curves and then really put the hammer down on the, you know, what, like 4,200 foot straight away. So, yeah. you know, we're talking two and a half mile track, Oh yeah, which is up there with Daytona, but it's totally different. It doesn't have the banking and it has the three turns and they're all different. This is uh, actually, interestingly enough, this is a place where your pit crew really, really comes into play here. I mean, because of all that, the turning, the sharp turns, the deceleration, the shifting, yep. all that yep. stuff, you know. You uh, got to be able to make your, the adjustments. Exactly. And to that point you, you made earlier, it did shift for a while and it actually switched back in 2011 to where they had to right. kind of work on that shifting again. It was actually taken out of the racetrack somehow. I, they changed the engine huh. or something like that but now it's back and we get to see it a little bit more. So Pocono's yeah. had some changes. All right. Yeah. It's gone through some changes over the year. It's also a spot where uh, Bill Elliott, I, I know JJ has got a personal, uh, he's a fan of Bill Elliott. He's had some, some good success at this track, right? I believe so. Yeah. That's, that's my wife and, and her mom. Yeah. There you go. So we got yep. some uh, family ties to the track. as You well. got it. Yeah. Running in the family, running yeah, in the family. Right. I like yeah. it. Good course uh, track preview. 
I definitely can't wait to watch it. I'm trying to think if I've watched it. I can think of that deceleration, shifting gears in, in a different style. Uh, now I know that it's Pocono. I've driven past the racetrack, but I've never been up there. We definitely need to get to it. We definitely need to talk about bets. It's a different, <laughs> we definitely need to talk about bets here. That's, that's important. why JJ is here because he's going to provide all of that. What I think is interesting this weekend is that we have back-to-back races. We have yeah. Saturday and Sunday almost the same time, right? Like 3.30, 4 p.m. Correct. The bets that we have are mainly for Saturday, right, JJ? And, and lines aren't even up on Sunday or for Sunday yet, correct? No, and that's, that's going to be the challenge. I think there's going to be a very quick turnaround probably Sunday morning. Maybe you'll get some, some of the more uh, quicker books to post maybe that night. I don't know. It's, it's, you know, <laughs> it's all weather dependent too, right? You know, is this thing going to go off on time? Is it going to go later? Regardless, you know, you're going to be looking at Saturday being the best opportunity to bet. You know, Sunday's going to bake in all that information from Saturday. Maybe some of the positions that you look to take if certain circumstances you know, where you feel, well, that was just unfortunate. Something happened, a tire blowout, um, an accident that really took out one of the guys that you were backing. You know, maybe that results in you getting a second chance at retaking that position again if the odds haven't changed too significantly. Um, you know, that's probably how to play Sunday. You know, if you make your your uh, decisions going into Saturday and, you know, something happens and you want to get back on those or you find a better edge somewhere else. But otherwise, I think Saturday is the day to play it, given that everything's pretty fresh. We got no practice, no qualifying again. You know, your base, your your decisions are based off of who you want to get behind, maybe who you want to fade, and what has the best uh, price for those situations. I like so, it. JJ, question for you. I, uh, I noticed they're doing the inverted poll to set up the starting positions for Sunday. Is that something that's probably going to go into some of those – those edges being lost and gained kind of thing, right? Yeah, maybe. The The thing is, you know, sometimes, I don't know if you remember, um, I can't remember which race it was, where it might have been the Coke 600, um, one of those where um, Kurt Busch got popped with a three failed inspections. So he had to move to the back, mm-hmm. plus he got, got nailed with having to do a pass-through penalty in the pits, right? Yeah. So not only was he in the back, but he was the only one that basically started a lap down. Well, it turns out if, if you're starting back there and there's nothing wrong with your car, you have a really good chance. If, if you're good, if you have a good car, you'll make your way back. Okay. So in this case, the, the strong guys will probably be starting from the rear, but they have better cars than the guys that, you know, kind of typically finish at the end. Okay. So I think it kind of helps to equalize the playing field but it also should not have a large material effect on the odds. Okay, cool. We're learning. I like it. I'm learning each and every day more and more about NASCAR. Speaking of odds, let's get into it. What do you yep. like? Pocono 325, right? 325 Saturday and 350 Sunday. Like, is there any reason why they why it's uh, 25 miles less on, on Saturday? <laughs> oh, not looking at that too. Not sure at all. I mean, they, <laughs> they both used to be 400-mile races, you know, when they would run the one – early June and then late July or early August. Uh, but last fall, you know, they made the announcement they were going to do this back to back here at Pocono instead of spacing them out by a couple months or seven weeks. So they're going to do this weekend thing. So COVID or no, this was, this was planned, which is kind of an interesting take on it and, a diff- and an interesting way of handling it. I did not um, know that. I a hundred percent did not know that. I thought that was something that this was something because yeah. of COVID, this was planned ahead. Learning they also more. were right. They also removed laps from this uh, 
from this race a couple of years back because of like a big crash or something like that that happened, right? Yeah, it used to be 500. Yeah. Right. Yep, it used to be wow. 500. So they've been so, whittling it down at the super speedway for a bit now, right? Yeah, yeah, for whatever reason. And, and you know, there's very few races that are actually 500 miles, you know, on the on the circuit, and you have the 1-600 anyway. So probably just kind of length of, of the race for, you know, a lot of reasons, trying to bring a little bit more back into – you know, like a three hour range for watching yeah. or just a, it's, it's a, it's a pretty grueling test. You know, yeah. when you think about it, you know, in 500 miles at um, Talladega it goes a lot faster, you know, right. than 400 miles at, you know, maybe uh, a, um, a track that where they're not getting quite as fast or, you know, a mile, mile and a half type of thing. Cool. Very different race that we have here. Only a five day turnaround. And they're going from the deep South Talladega and Alabama all the way up here to uh, the North to the miracle in the, the mountains. mountains all the the miracle in the mountains. 325 is what we're doing in the mountains. All right. Let's yep. talk uh, 325. I know we don't have 325 bets, but I think we can make, <laughs> let's hope not, but I think we can make <laughs> no. 3.25 units, maybe a 325 unit gain. I think that's good to me. That. JJ is going to take us through that. Yeah. So, you know, obviously, if you look at the odds board, you know, when it opened, even into right now, you're seeing two guys pop out. You got Kyle Busch and Kevin Harvick. And, you know, Kyle Busch, he usually gets the benefit of the doubt from the odds makers. And for good reason, you know, I mean, he gets on these in the past few years, he gets on these stretches where he just rattles off wins and probably burns them if they if they hang them at too high of a price. But in this circumstance of Pocono, um, he's won three of the last five races. So he deserves to be oh. short. But, you know, when you're talking about five to one, that's, that's way too short for me to get behind, but you can mm-hmm. totally see why, you know, they're putting him there. You know, as a matter of fact, Joe Gibbs's cars, um, their four guys, uh, I guess technically three of them, they've won the last five races here at Pocono. So um, between him, Truex and Hamlin, Hamlin's the latest winner. Um, and then Truex won back in 2018. Trux could be overlooked here. I mean, you're seeing him just hanging back, you know, somewhere around seven to one. So, you know, he's being priced fair, but you know, I mean, you gotta, you gotta take out the engine failure in 2019, but he's had a slow start this year. So, you know, I think really when you're looking at it, you know, Kyle Busch makes a lot of sense up at the top. Kevin Harvick is up there too, which is really interesting when you look at it. Um, And I think we even saw here, um, you know, a local book when, when they put Harvick at seven to one, five dimes had him at, at uh, four plus four fifty. Well, today oh, we difference. see at the at the local book, he's he's down to five hundred, right up there with Kyle Busch. So so he got hit there, or else they adjusted based on on whatever it may be. But he's in there, and you know, even though he's not in that winning group, he's been extremely consistent here. You know, as far as giving you top fives, being very competitive, that sort of thing. So it's almost like they're looking at it as a matter of time. Plus, he's having a really yeah. great season too. So I see it. It's way too short for me. I think we saw one of our uh, one of our guys that does NASCAR on Twitter. He grabbed the seven to one early, and that made a ton of sense. And now you see it. It's it's not there anymore. But yeah, I mean, you look at the Gibbs guys. They've dominated here the last five. You know, so it's about two and a half years. It's been their track as far as winning. But there's a guy that that I'm looking at, and it's Brad Keselowski. Not necessarily to win. But, you know, if you have access to top fives, which I think, you know, we see Bookmaker gets into the day of the race, maybe even a Bovada, but here in Pennsylvania, you know, we do have top five markets early with the Sugar House. Uh, it's plus 140 in Love top me fives, some sugar which house. I really liked. I took that. Yes, sir. I agree. And they're very good for NASCAR, too. Kind of, they're a good complement to, to Dimes with some of their offerings. They have less of the uh, matchups. Five Dimes usually hit t- 
posts a ton of matchups early and sugar house will have the win top three, top five, top 10, which is really nice for that sort of thing. Sometimes the, the big can be kind of high, but it's all about finding that opportunity. And with Brad, I, I think he gives you the Harvick like consistency, but at a much better price. Okay. And I gauge him at about a 50, 50 shot to finish top five here, given everything that's going on in kind of past history. So when I look at, you know, who are the, who are the drivers that are most likely going to finish in the top five, you know, I broke it down and I, I put two slots to some of the younger guys that have done very well here in recent years, Eric Jones, William Byron, Ryan Blaney, maybe even Alcard. So those three or four, you know, are probably going to fill in two of those slots and then three of the slots to the big guns, you know, Kyle Harvick, Truex, Keselowski, and another wild card. So following that logic, I've got five guys to fill those three slots that Brad's in that group. So you're telling me based on that about 60% chance of getting in there uh, at the top five with that logic. And you add a little margin of safety in there and you say, you know, this is close to a coin flip and you're giving me plus 140. Uh, so I definitely took that. I like where he's going there. He's having a good season and, and he's been very good here on this track. When you consider that, you know, you take out, you know, you had an eighth at the last running in, in 2019 got bumped out in 2018, but otherwise, you know, you're looking at, he rattled off six top fives in a row. And then in this race last year, runner up positions. So, I mean, he's always there. He's dangerous. He's having a good year. Plus 140 for top five. I like that. Let's do it. I'm going to lock it in soon. Plus 140 top five. He was runner up. He came in second last year. You said yes. In this race, the uh, Pocono 400. Yep. He can come in second. He can come in third. He can come in fifth. I'll take any of that. And it's better than even money. Let's do it. No pressure. Yep. Otherwise, I'm looking at some really proficient young drivers here. And let's just pick up where we left off in Talladega and go with Ryan Blaney. I mean, is anybody hotter than him right now? And you'd never want to go just purely based off of that, right? Sure. But, you know, when you look at his season after coming back from, you know, the COVID break, Outside of Bristol, where he spun out and then just got his front end blown off, he's finished no worse than fourth in six of the last seven races. So he's just really, he's starting to realize the speed and the aggressiveness and the resources he has with Penske. He's really getting it done. The early part of the season, as we talked about last time, guys, you know, he really punished his backers with, you know, a tough, tough strategy decision in Vegas, the tire issue in Fontana, you know, really knocked him out of those top you know, top finish potential, but at the end of the day, he raced hard, he raced well, and he was at the front of the pack with the, with, when the laps were down in single digits. So you can't really fault him for that. And I think what you're seeing is you're seeing him mature. You're seeing him harness that aggressiveness and he's getting it done. Now we saw it in Talladega. We saw it at Homestead. He, he, you know, he, there were times where he was almost about to wipe out, especially when he was dueling with Elliot and Homestead, you know, so he's going to make your heart skip a little bit, but I, mm. I feel like, this kid's really in control of his vehicle and he's, he's doing very well, but you know, that's fine. That's all well and good. But what about uh, Pocono, right? In 2017, he had a 30th place finish and then he also won, you know, but outside wow. of that. Talk about five, a difference. Uh, yeah. What a exactly. Year. <laughs> yeah. So you take that, but then you say, okay, you know, a lot of times when you're looking at like a distribution of, of information, if you take out the high, you take out the low, you know, what, what's everything in between. So yeah. the other six races at, at the cup series, five of those six races, he's finished either 10th, 11th or 12th. So you see, he has a pretty, you know, high level of consistency. And I really like that when I'm betting on matchups 
or even the top three, five, 10 markets. He's got the consistency here. He's got a nice range, but I think you see the upside this year because he's putting it all together. He's doing well and he's finding his way to the finish line at the front of the pack. So even though I can't say that I really expect him to win, maybe even the top five as a stretch, I think he's going to give you somewhere between six to 10, six to 11 place finish. So when I see that, and then I see him in a matchup with Joey Logano as a dog, you know, he was minus 105 when I booked it, Ooh, Ryan Blaney, okay. that is. And I say, okay, this is what I like to see because Logano's good. Logano's a teammate. He had a really good first half to the season. But when you look at Pocono, he has a lot less consistency than Ryan Blaney. Now, the last time that Logano won was back in 2012, and that was when he was in a Joe Gibbs Toyota. Half of the 14 races since he's moved to Penske have been in the top 10, which is great, but all the rest have been all over the place. So I think what you're getting here with Blaney versus Logano is a high level and really good consistency and the opportunity for Blaney to really take a step up to where you're getting well within the top 10 finish. Logano can do anything. He can get it done. He could win the race, but I really like this. And when I saw him as a slight dog, Logano, I had no hesitation to take that. Logano over, sorry, Blaney over Logano. JJ just uh, went off for two to three minutes explaining it, and then I got the bet wrong. That's the kind of content. That's the kind of content that you're tuning in. Quality, quality quality bets. But where does the value end on that? So he said that he was a slight dog at minus 105. Where would you, you know, not bet him anymore? Like minus 120 is out of the question. I would – I, I give him a strong edge when it comes to current form. So coming into this race, you know, like I, like I just said, other than that miscue at, at Bristol, which he was severely punished for, you know, he really should have never been knocked out of the race. But unfortunately, you know, Ty Dillon was coming around in, and took the high line and, and blasted his front end off. Otherwise, he probably would have recovered and, and would have gone on to do pretty well. So you take that out, and he's just on this remarkable run right now. So I think he's in the zone. And he's, he's very consistent at Pocono, has a chance to step up. I'd say anywhere under 120, 125, I'd feel comfortable with. Ryan Blaney coming off some wins. Yep. He is red hot. Sounds like, like money it. in the bank. Sounds like money in the bank. Sounds like it's going to yep. be a nice little Saturday at Pocono once he finishes over Logano. And we don't even care where it is. It could be 16 over 17. Hopefully it's, you know. Amen. Hopefully he's just in first place right. and we don't even have to worry about it. All right. Hopefully uh, yep. it's slowy Logano that shows up on uh, Saturday for there us. There you go. There you there go. There you go. No show. Yeah, exactly. No show Logano. <laughs> <laughs> it's got a nice ring to it. It's got a nice ring yeah, to it. Yeah, it does. Okay. Um, two more two more spots that I found myself in. Again, you know, going back to these young drivers who have been very good here. And I've actually paired them against the same – competitor and that being Mm. jimmy johnson the first is eric jones now he's had an up and down season you know granted he was very fortunate i guess you would say but he he found his way there at the end for a fifth place finish at talladega but otherwise you know before that he was kind of going through a rough stretch there atlanta martinsville homestead but you know rebounded nicely it's again it's been an up and down season but you know he's he's shown some some moments where he's been very good top tens at darlington when when the season came back he was 11th in the Coke 600, had a tough penalty in the encore at Charlotte that really kind of put him behind and out of contention late, um, and that had a nice, resilient fifth-place finish at Bristol. But at Pocono, you know, he had a tough out in 2018. He hit the wall with 11 laps to go. Otherwise, he was up there, I think it was about 13th, 12th place. 
otherwise, in the other five of six races at Pocono, he's had four top fives and an eight. So mm. other than that miscue, he's been extremely good here. And then in, in his Xfinity season, 2016, I believe it was, he came in second in the only race at Pocono. You know, he had the pole, he earned the pole, and then finished second. So he's shown that he can race here. Again, going back to the whole, you know, the three turns, totally different turns, low banking, the shifting, all that. He's shown that, you know, he knows how to get it done here. So I really like that. I think he's going to be strong. So I laid 125 against Jimmy Johnson. Jimmy's been a factor this year, just a little too edgy for my taste. I mean, he's had some good finishes, and he's also taken himself out of play with with the way he's been racing. And generally speaking, he's had better results overall than Eric. But you saw the odds makers, I think, opened Jones at 125 over Johnson in this one. So I think they felt that, you know, even though Jones has been up and down this year, He's, he's been very good at this track. Jimmy's got three wins here at Pocono, but don't let that fool you. His last strong year was in 2015 where he had a couple top tens. But in the six races that they've been on this track together, Eric's won five of those six. The sixth was the one where he spun out with when he hit the wall with 11 Ooh, laps to go. Okay, okay. Fading the old man, fading JJ. Not fading <laughs> our guest, JJ. Not fading the <laughs> guest that we're talking to, but fading Jimmy Johnson. Jimmy Johnson yeah. did what? He got into second or third place towards the end of Talladega, then, then wrecked, right, on Monday night? Yeah, he had. He kind of was one of those that got. Uh, I can't remember whether he was spun out or you know just hey when you're yeah. when you're going 200 miles an hour and you're in traffic, any you know type of aerodynamic, that wind, whatever it is, you get on the wrong side of somebody and and uh, yeah, he took a took a spill down through the apron. I mean, he finished. I think he was 13th or whatever it was, but yeah, he was up there fairly strong and uh, found his way out, which. You know, that's kind of been the way it's been in 2020. I think he's, yeah. you know, he's really pressing. He seems to have a pretty good car, a strong car. So there's no doubt about that. I don't want to take that away because I feel that, you know, he could be a threat, but, you know, he he doesn't hasn't done a whole lot here at Pocono since 2015. And Eric Jones has been very good here. He's shown at different levels that he can race on the triangle. Good stuff. Eric yeah. Jones over Jimmy Johnson. And I'm going to go same thing, but I'm going to take William Byron, who in a similar, you know, similar type of approach and circumstance. Now, Byron has one less year of experience at the cup level than uh, does Jones. But, you know, at the same time, I think he's been really doing fairly well of, you know, he's he stayed out of kind of the spotlight this year, but he's put together some very solid finishes as Jimmy's teammate. But I think you see him as kind of being the future of that team. He's impressed me with his resilience this season, even though I put him on my fade list a few times recently. But I've certainly taken him off because I think he's he's finding his way. He's been pretty solid since Bristol. Now he won here in the Truck Series. That was the year where he won seven races on a very short schedule. He had a tough rookie race in 2018 at Pocono. But then he had a strong rebound in the later race that year at Pocono. He started in the back of the field and finished sixth. Now, last mm. year, he came in ninth and then turned another poor starting position into a fourth-place finish. So he's another one that knows how to get it here. It doesn't matter whether he's starting at the back or he's you know going to be in a top 15 type of starting position. So I really like his resume at Pocono. I feel like he's doing fairly consistent in 2020 in the second half and I'm fading uh, Jimmy with William Byron again. Double fade. Double fade. Yeah. Double, Double fade. fade on the old man. Yeah. Hopefully he doesn't win. Right. 
You got to do it. <laughs> he'll, he'll show me. <laughs> Don't put that out there. Don't put it out yeah, there into the atmosphere. Pocono's got to treat us well here in our home state. I like these uh, four bets. I've only started to closely follow NASCAR probably in the past four to six weeks since it's come back. But I'll tell you what, I'm watching it every weekend. Uh, if there's a weeknight race, I'm all about those. Talladega yep. got pushed to Monday night. That was great. I like these bets. We've got Kozlowski top five plus 140. Blaney over Logano. Slowy Logano, is that the nickname? Or Slowy? Slowy. Slow right. Logano. Yeah. That's what it takes. That's what Maybe it takes. it'll stick. Yeah. And then the double fade, Eric Jones and Biron over JJ, now, Jimmy Johnson. I will throw throw one thing out there. Um, I haven't seen any uh, matchups with him, but I think Matt DiBenedetto is a guy to keep your eye on, depending on who he gets paired with and some late uh, matchups. Five Dimes should expand their offerings. Maybe they'll get him in somewhere. He's been a guy that a couple times I've I've noticed at multiple venues this year, he has improved his position over 2019 and in 2019 improved those position at tracks over his previous years. Now, you know, he's moved up in class in the team and the equipment that he has. And this is type, this is the exact type of scenario where I think he could be a threat. I don't know if he's going to get in the top 10. What right now, what I'm seeing is he's three to one to make the top 10. But you saw him really just kind of be towards the back of the pack at Pocono until last year where he had better resources and put together a pair of 17th place place finishes. Again, nothing great, but you've seen him do this in multiple tracks this year where he's taken that step in 2019 consistently and then repeat came out this year in 2020 and did even better. So those positions where you've seen him kind of climb that ladder as he's gotten better equipment. This is one of those positions. So I'm looking for hopefully a favorable matchup or two with him, maybe even taking a peek at the three to one to make the top 10. It wouldn't be bad. I'm taking a look at it here. Yeah. Before you started talking, I was like, well, maybe we should take a look at him top 10, three to one. I mean, Jimmy Johnson's what minus one twelve for top 10, Matt D yeah, Benedetto, which is kind of a nightmare to say. I'm just going to call him Matt, <laughs> Matt <laughs> DB, Matt <laughs> DB, <laughs> the Royal DB, Matt, uh, three to one top 10 might as well take a look at it. And then depending how he, you know, shows up and performs and looks on Saturday, maybe we wake up or before we go to bed Saturday night, take a look at what those Sunday odds are on him for a Matt DB top 10 finish on Sunday. There you go. <laughs> that name's going to haunt you. <laughs> DB is going to really fuck this bet. <laughs> DB is going to wreck in the first lap. On if both this races. guy wins after you can't pronounce his name, that's <laughs> that could be the push that we need right there. Matt D. Benedetto. <laughs> like, here's the thing. You if go. you have more than like four syllables in your last name, nope. <laughs> Nope. I agree. It's tough. It gets tough. Not going to happen. Not <laughs> going to do one it. of those names. <laughs> DB it is. Yes, sir. <laughs> so five oh, looks right there. Five bets. I like it. 325, like we said, 3.25 units might be the goal here. Somehow get to 325 to match there it up go. with that odd number, 325, and then a little bit even, 350 on Sunday. I'm going to watch back-to-back days. I can't wait. Are they going to put the other races on too? Because there's actually two other races on that track this weekend as well. The Truck Series and the Xfinity Series. Do they air those on TV? or is it just... uh, Probably on S1. Okay. Yeah. Cool. That's Very cool. Guess. They I'm better air. I mean, what the hell else is on right now? It's a Saturday afternoon. It's going to be like 92 oh. degrees again on Saturday. Dutch, I'm sure that we'll have <laughs> a beer or two and just watch us and play some bets for the hell of it on the first race. Yeah, we'll have a little NASCAR rubbing and uh, rubbing and racing around the uh, tricky triangle, and we'll have some golf to watch as well. 
Sounds like a nice little weekend. Slowly working our way out of COVID. Fingers crossed. Working our way out of it. JJ, we appreciate it. Plug your content. Where can we find your content, your articles, all that good stuff at Bet Crushers? All right. We're at BetCrushers.com and on Twitter where we uh, post a lot of links to our material and some insights on the different sports that we handicap at the Bet Crushers. The Bet Crushers. Love it. Love it. It's like and the uh, Ohio State University. It's the Bet Crushers. Yeah, well, when he signed up, somebody somebody else had Bet Crushers. So what can you do? And they're not doing anything with it. <laughs> not like this. Who's like the real Matt are. DB right now? They, they <laughs> stole the name. They, they stole the name. But the Bet Crushers, I like a little bit more. I might change the URL that I still haven't created to the Wager Rager instead of I Wager love it. <laughs> Welcome into the Wager Rager. The Beck Rushers. Five bets right there. there you You'll go. have them all posted on your uh, social mediums as well. JJ, we appreciate it as always. We'll do it again real soon. I know we have races all summer. Absolutely. Always a pleasure. Can't wait to talk again, fellas. It's always fun. Absolutely. Thanks, guys. You got it.